This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Bruchem Abon, welcome everyone. Shalom Aleichem, good to see everybody back on a regular Wednesday night. And I know you thought everything is back to normal, and we're not going to mention the campaign. No, 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 no. We're just getting going. We're in now a bonus round, so we appreciate all those who participated until now. And we took a vote, and we decided that anyone who contributes from here on, we will still accept your contributions. Well, it wasn't clear, but we made that executive decision. So anything that uh, you could do to be mishtatef in our cause, to expand our efforts, we'd really appreciate it. Okay, so we're beginning now a new Sefer. And we, for Sefer Bamidbar, we have two generous sponsors. Um, once again, I want to thank Dr. Zakheim, Homeshpachta, for sponsoring yet uh, another Sefer, Lila Nishmas, Rav Shloima, Eliezer, Ben Harav Yaakov, Zakheim, and Lila Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka Bastuvi Halevi, the Neshama Shnav and Aliyah, Melitza Yisharm for their whole family, for Simchas Nachas, Besoros Toivos, Gezint, Adbi Yasko El Tzadak. And it's already a, a minhag kavua that Rabbi Isaac Yasolovsky and his family sponsor Sefer Bamidbar, Lila Nishmas, Rabbi Isaac's father, Shabsi, then Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac, whose yard site is Tesvav Sivan. Which number yard site is it? The fifth yard site. So, ready, um, because of Isaac's father, we've given a number of new shiurim over the years, especially about Elio Anavi and other important subjects. And on this occasion, we wish his Neshama Shnavan Aliyah, and we thank Rabbi Isaac for helping us out tremendously with the campaign. And began Eden Tehei Menu Chasoi Im Shar Tzadike Oilam. Tonight's share is sponsored by Elio Jacobowitz, Lenishmas's father, Harav. No, Harvey Shlomo Ben Harav Moshe Yehuda. So, whose Shloishim is tonight? So we wish his Neshama to have an Aliyah, and should be a male Yosher for his whole family. Okay, Rabbi Sai, tonight's shir, Parshas Bamidbar. We're not going to speak about Parshas Bamidbar. But we're going to speak about Megillas Rus. And for those of you learning Daf Yomi, Masechta Yivamais. For those of, le- of you learning Daf HaShavua, Masechta Yivamais. And even if you're not learning Masechta Yivamais, it's always good to learn Masechta Yivamais. But don't be scared. We're not going to speak about any of the uh, complex cases or lambdas. We're going to speak about the fundamental idea of Yibam in general. And let's start with an interesting question. And that is, we know that it's Sefer, uh, Seder's ra, uh, Seder Noshim of Shas has many Masechtas in it. Kedushin, Gitin, Ksubis, what else do we got? Nedarim, Saita, Nazir. There are many Masechtas in Noshim. Which Masechta would you have thought should be the opening Masechta in Seder Nashim? Kedushin. And that's how it all starts. You know, you can't have Yivamas if you didn't get married. So first you have Yivamas. Then probably Ksubis. And maybe Gitin. Or Soita and then Gitin. And then the last obscure case should be Yivamas. And yet the first Masechta of Seder Nashim is Masechta Yivamas. I mean, how many of you know people who did, who are, who did Yibam? 
Raise your hand if you know people who did Yibam. Wow, the overwhelming... Nobody here ever even... Do you know anyone who knows someone who, who did Yibam? Maybe. Actually, there's somebody who usually comes to this year whose uh, brother did, um, or sister-in-law. But Yibam is a very obscure case. Why? Rabbi Yisai does say their nashim begin with Masech de Yivamais. So let's begin with the, a little story. There was a woman by the name of, two women by the name of Shifra and Pua. And they had a job. Their job was to kill the Jewish boys. Okay? And they did not listen to the Pharaoh. And they feared God. And the Pasuk says, It was that the midwives feared God. So God rewarded them by making for them houses. What are these houses? Rashi says, Bate Kahuna, the institution of the priesthood, Olavia, Umalchus, these are called Batim. Kahuna and Lavia came from Yecheved, and Malchus came from Miriam. Okay? Kahuna and Lavia from Yecheved, Malchus came from uh, Miriam. Now that's very interesting. First of all, why? Just because they didn't kill the Jewish boys, therefore they were rewarded with Kahuna, Levia, and Malchus. Why didn't God give them, I don't know what, a bungalow? You know? Why did He give them Kahuna, Levia, and Malchus? So the Briskorah famously says that had they killed the Jewish boys and let the girls survive, then there still would have been a Jewish people. Because it would have been girls, and they would have married Egyptian men, and their offspring would have been Jews. So they did not do, they didn't save Kali Israel by doing what they did. What they did was they saved patrilineal descent because there wouldn't have been any male uh, Jews. So they saved all institutions in Judaism that go by the Father. So therefore God rewarded them, neither can I get neither, that the institutions in Judaism that go by the Father come from them. Fine. Says the Gemara in Saita that when the midwives feared God, God made for them houses, Tzmachlikas Rav one says Bate Kahuna and Lavia, and one says Bate Malchus. The Manda Omar that says Bate Kahuna Lavia, Aaron came from Yechevet, Moshe came from Yechevet. The Manda Omar, Bate Malchus, David came from Miriam. You hear the story? You know that? David, King David came from Miriam. Does that make any sense? Miriam is the daughter of Amram. She's a Bas Levi. So, how in the world did David? come from Miriam. So the, so the Gemara says, oh good, Matis. The Gemara says, the Chsiv Azuva, the wife of Kalev died, and Kalev married Ephras. Who's Ephras? Miriam. And they had a kid, Chur. And David is called Ephrasi. That means David came from Kalev. By the way, the Gemara continues, who's Kalev? Kalev Ben. Kalev Ben. Yifune. But in Navi, he's called Kalev ben Chetzrein. The answer is Kalev was the son of Chetzrein. Why is he called Yifune? Because he turned away from the council of the Meraglim. So the Gemara is saying, King David came from Kalev. And that's how David comes from Miriam. Miriam married a guy, his name is Kalev, and Kalev produced David HaMelech. But let's, let's look at the uh, lineage, you know. Come to the videotape, let's see the... Uh, Let's see the Psukim. Says the Pasukim Ros, Now, David, did David come from Peretz or Zarach? Peretz. Ah, oh, when's Azriel coming? 
Baruch Hashem Azriel said. Okay. Um, Shalom Aleichem. Thanks for coming, Azriel. So, David Amel came from Peretz. Wow. This just arrived. If anybody else wants to contribute to uh, the Machon Magarik, yeah, this I don't know, it came from Shamayim. That's where it's coming from. So, let's look at the Psukim. Vihiela Todois Parats. Parats. Now, upcoming share, I'm giving you, uh, um, giving you a preview, is going to be on the subject of the Kamats. Okay? I have upcoming, I think, the Haloischa. The, the shear is going to be on Kamats. I've been, every night, you know, I have to unwind. So, I've been unwinding by preparing the Kamats. Like, I'm, I'm about to fall asleep, I'm, my head is in the Kamats. I finally found some good stuff on it. Okay, it's been in the works for a long time. Anyway, the Pasuk says, V'yela toldois parets, parets hoyled es chetzrayim. V'chetzrayim hoyled es ram, v'ram hoyled es aminadav, v'aminadav hoyled es nachshayin, v'nachshayin hoyled es sama, v'samayin hoyled es vayazu, vayaz hoyled es hoyved, v'oyved hoyled es yishayi. Fine. So David was the son of Yishai, the son of Oyved, the son of Boya, son of Salma, son of Nachshoin, son of Aminadav, son of Ram, son of Chetzrein. Anyone see Kalev in this list? You see Kalev in this list? Did anyone say, we just said, Kalev is the son of Chetzroin. But David doesn't come from Kalev, he comes from Ram. So David presumably came from Ram's brother, not Ram. In fact, if you look in Devre Hayamim, it says, Uvnei Chetzroin Es Yerachmeel, V'es Ram, V'es Kaluvai. Anyone see Kalev there? Presumably, Kaluvai is Kalev. Right? In fact, elsewhere in Devre Hayamim, it says, Kalev is ben Chetzrein. So it's probably, Kluva is Kalev. So Chetzrein had two kids, Ram and Kalev. And Kalev did not produce Aminadav. Ram produced Aminadav. Kalev produced Chur. So David Amelch doesn't come from Kalev. He comes from Kalev's brother. So it's the Gemara saying, as a reward for Miriam, not killing the, the uh, boys, she was rewarded with David. David doesn't, doesn't come from her. David comes from her brother-in-law. That's the Marshal's question in Masechta Soita, Dafir Alpha Mebez. Look at number seven. Achmasha Omar de Kalev was the husband of Miriam, and from there David came out. It's a Tzarchion. David comes from Ram, Ben Chetzroin. In Sefer Rus, in Devei Ayamim. Kalev is not Ram. Maybe you'll say Kalev is Ram. You know, in Tanakh, people had many names. No, Kalev's not Ram, because. Um, Chetzrein had three kids, Yerachmael, Ram, and Kluvi. That's Kalev. You hear the question? How could the Gemara say that Miriam was rewarded, that David came from her, David didn't come from her, David didn't come from her husband Kalev, came from uh, Miriam's brother-in-law. So the Marshal says, you know what you have to say? That one of the descendants of Ram married a woman from the descendants of Kalev. 
And from there, David was produced. So in other words, yes, Kalev is not on the list, but one of these guys, one of these individuals, maybe Aminadav, maybe Nachshon, maybe Salma, married a descendant of Kalev. You like that answer? That's what Marshall says. Even though the Gemara says Hashem rewarded Miriam that David came from Kalev. What evidence is there that, uh, that uh, because uh, David is called Ephras and that means he came from Miriam? How did he come from Miriam? So that's that's the Marshall's question and Rav Yisrael Reisman in his book Pathways of the Prophets in number six he brings uh, Yocheved and Miriam. Um, let's see if any of the Reisman people are on this year. Okay, not right now. But Yochel and Miriam risked their lives and have Jewish newborns. Heaven rewarded them for this, and it was because the midwives feared God that He made for them houses. Rashi explains that this refers to the houses of Kohanim and Leviim. This is a well-known Chazal. Even the youngest students learn this. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, Azriel says, yeah, even the youngest students read this when they're introduced to Parsha Shemais. Yet this seems to be impossible. At the end of Miguel's Rus, the name of every one of David's ancestors is listed, except for Kalev. Kalev is not listed. One may argue, maybe there are in Tanakh people had many names. No, it cannot be. In Devei Kalev was the son of Chetzroin. And he had a brother named Ram. So Chetzron and Ram appear in Megillus Rus, but Kalev doesn't. So how can you say David came from Kalev? Next question. Naomi tells Rus, I have a great idea. The God of Adar is going to be sleeping tonight in the threshing floor. I want you to go there and lie down next to him and uncover his legs. Good idea? You ever unite? Good idea or bad idea? What? I mean... For a young woman to do that to any man is not a good idea. Let's get that straight. This is not a good idea. To do that to the God al-Hadar, definitely not a good idea. You know, David HaMelech woke up at midnight every night to thank Hashem. That what? That when Rus uncovered the legs of Boyaz, Boyaz didn't kill her. I mean, Boyaz is a shayfet. There's an intruder in the house. He's about to do something seemingly uh, problematic. He's a Gadol Adar. Gadol Adar could take extra legal measures. He should have said, guards, kill her. Or he could have cursed her. A guy like Boaz curses you, you're like disintegrated, you turn into ashes. And Dabar Melcha woke every night at midnight. God, I don't know how you pulled that off, but we're very, I'm very appreciative that you did not allow Boaz to kill my great-grandmother. What kind of, why is she uncovering her, his legs? What is that all about? That's the Kasha the Malbim. Then, Bayaz marries Rus. The next morning, Bayaz is dead. Rus had conceives. Who? Oyved. When Oyved is born, the neighbor's name say, Nami, you had a kid. What do you mean Nami had a kid? Nami's a grandmother. Nami didn't have a kid. Rus had a kid. Why didn't they say, Rus, you had a kid? How do you think the daughter-in-law would feel if she had a baby and she's staying in her mother-in-law's house and everybody goes over to the old mother-in-law, oh, you had a baby and everyone ignores the daughter. That's not a good recipe for familial uh, harmony. Why did they say she... Now, another... Okay, so let's talk about Marv Rabbi Isai, the first instance of what we call the liberate 
or liverate marriage, Yibam. So Oynon was Mashchus Zera, he was Hoytzi Zera Levatala, and Er died. Oynon was told by his father, live with your brother's wife, and do Yibam to her. The Hakim Zera Leochicha. So Rashi says, what does it mean, V'hakim zera You're gonna have a, You'll have a baby, and you'll name the baby after the deceased. V'hakim zera l'achicha. The Ramban says, what do, where did that come from? We know there's a mitzvah of Yibam in the Torah. Do, is there any mitzvah that you have to call the baby from Yibam after the deceased? There's no such thing. There's no such mitzvah. So why would Rashi interpret that what Yehuda is saying to Oynon is you'll have a baby and you'll name it after your, the deceased brother. And even by Boyaz and Rus, when Boyaz did Yibam to Rus, they had a baby. What did they call the baby? Ah, Machlein. They call the baby Oyved. So you see, you don't name the baby after the deceased. So what's Vahakim Zera Achicha? And the Ramban says something amazing. It says, Oynon knew, listen carefully, that the seed would not be his, that the baby would not be his. And therefore he didn't want to live with her. Now, if all that, that happens is that you have to name the baby after the deceased, why would that not be Oynon's kid? Just because you're naming the baby after the deceased, it's still Oynon's kid. So the Ramban says this is one of the great secrets of the Torah. This pasta contains one of the great, great secrets of the Torah that was known to the earlier generations, that it could be that uh, Yehuda was the one who originated this custom, and maybe even before. Yehuda accepted the secret, received the secret from his parents, from his father. And that is, since the Torah prohibits certain relatives, Hashem wants to permit other relatives under limited circumstances, especially your brother's wife. Because if your brother dies without children, you're doing him a big favor if you marry his wife. And if you don't marry his wife, it's terrible cruelty not to marry his wife. And therefore we call you Beis Cholotz Hanal. And there's something epic that is accomplished when you marry the wife of the deceased. What is accomplished? What is so epic about it? What's the secret? The Ramban says, V'hamaskil Yavin. That means if you have divine connection, you'll understand it. So that's why we invited select individuals tonight who have divine connection and we're going to try to uncover some of the secret of the mitzvah of Yibam. We know that when, uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu approached the burning bush and he wanted to approach, God said, Al tikrav haloim, don't come here. Shal no take off your shoes. I don't understand what, there was like plush carpet there that Hashem didn't want... Moshe to get the carpet dirty? It's a bush. Why can't you wear shoes? So now we're going to take a little poll. This is an idea we've mentioned many, many times. Where is your neshama? Point to where your neshama is. Everybody. So somebody points their head. Where else? Point. Your heart. Your eyes. None of the above. The neshama is tachas kisei Right now. 
and it trickles down, 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 down. Naran, or like we said in the uh, Shir on Lag Ba'omer, Narnechi, Nefesh Ruach Neshama, it trickles down, 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 down. You know, sometimes a person feels anxious. So it could be, it's a physiological condition. Sometimes people get anxious. Sometimes people are worried. Could be it's an emotional. Uh, there are emotional factors. I am not a professional, and if anybody has acute anxiety, you should uh, ad- deal with it and address it appropri- address it appropriately. But there are times in life that a person is anxious, and it is inexplicable. And the Gemara says, "Ihu chazi chazi." You don't see, but your neshama sees. Where? Where's my neshama? <laughs> your neshama is all the way up there. And it trickles down, 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 down until the lowest part of the neshama is contained in your body like a, like a shoe contains the body, the body contains the soul. Nobody lives in the shoe except for the little old lady. Okay? The shoe, you don't live in your shoe, the shoe house is the lowest part of your body. The body house is the lowest part of the neshama. When God talks to Avraham or Moshe, he says, Avraham, Avraham, Moshe, Moshe. Now most people, there's a disconnect between the Moshe on high and the Moshe below. That, but, but when God spoke to Avraham, it's Avraham, psik, there's a psik in the Chumash, Avraham. Because even as great as Avraham was, Avraham doesn't see everything that's going on. There is no psik, he's connected perfectly with the Moshe on high. When you're in a holy spot, you need to disconnect from your body. The way to symbolize that is you take off the shoe. Taking off the shoe symbolizes taking, moving away from the body, disconnecting from the body. This is a completely spiritual experience. Now, here's the secret. If a person, person in this world is here to produce, to produce, to produce progeny, primarily... Spiritual progeny, learning Torah, to produce progeny in society, to contribute to the betterment of society, and also physical progeny. Every human being is given a mission, at least to attempt to produce progeny in every dimension. If somebody does not produce progeny, there's a certain level of unfulfillment. And therefore, their soul is, has a degree of turmoil and unrest. And if they die without children, the soul is so tormented that it needs to come back. But it needs a body to come back into. And if that soul that needs a body is your brother, you've got to bail him out. And the way you bail him out is you marry his wife because the soul of your, of your tormented brother is being carried by the woman. And it needs a body to go into. And when you do the mitzvah of Yibam, you provide your brother, your brother's soul, with a container. And it brings respite, it brings menucha to your brother. Ah, now... So we ask you, do, do, do your brother a favor. Give him a body. Give him a kid. Because the, Now, if you produce a kid from his wife, the Yavam is actually doing the most altruistic act possible. 
Because it's not his kid. doesn't belong to him. He's giving a body to his brother. So actually, he's giving a kid, not to the Yavama, but to his mother. He's giving his mother a child. Right? Because he's bringing his brother back to this world. So the child is not the son of the Yavama, the woman. The child is really the son of the mother of the Yavam. Because it's the brother, reincarnate, the brother's coming back. So what do we ask you to provide your brother? A body. What's the analogy to a body? A shoe. And what if the brother says, I don't want to do Yibam. I don't like, she's too tall, she's too short, she's whatever. I don't want to give her, I don't want to give a, a, a shoe to my, you don't want to give a shoe. Ah, you, you took off a shoe. You do chalitza. Chalitza is, look what you did. You couldn't provide a body, you couldn't provide a shoe for your brother. So we remove the shoe of the other. She spits in disgust. You couldn't give your brother a body, you couldn't give your brother a shoe. And therefore, says the Malbim, there's no way if Rus would say, hey Boyaz, what's going on? But I say, oh, my long lost cousin, what would you like? Oh, I'd like to marry you. Good idea or bad idea? Not a good idea. Not a good idea for a young girl to knock on the door of one of the G'dayli Hadar and ask him to marry you. But the thing is, you've got to do Yibam. So how are you going to hint to him, Bayaz, hey, we need a shoe. We, the foot is uncovered right now. We need you to provide a shoe for the foot, meaning a body for your relative. So Nami said uh, the best way to do this is we can't say it outright. It's like, it's too explicit. So give him a hint. Give him a hint. Uncover his feet. He'll know exactly what you mean. Fine. We're going to explain this further. So we're learning that Yibam is a very important part of the Malchus based David. Let's discuss another aspect of this. V'shem ha'ish elimelech V'shem ishtainami V'shem shnei vanav Machloin v'chilyayin Efrasim yibeslechem Yehuda V'yavoyu s'day mayav Ayyusham So Elimelech had two kids Machloin and Kilyan on number 16 And uh, Elimelech died And they married They married Arpa and Rus so who's married to Machlon and who's married to Kilyan? What do you say, Rabbi Yitz? Well, we have two men, Machlon and Kilyan. Machlon one, Kilyan two. We have two women, Arpa and Rus. So presumably, Arpa married Machlon and Rus married Kilyan. Yeah? Isaac, you good with that? It doesn't say, but that's... doesn't say, presumably that's the way it went. You look at the end of the Megillah, Vegam esrus Rus was married to Machlein. Well, uh, well, how? I thought she was married to Kilian. Say, so, I don't know, maybe it's not an order in the beginning, but why wouldn't it be an order? So the Chsam Soifer says, at first glance, it would seem Arpa is the wife of Machlein and Rus is the wife of Kilian. And that's the way the order is. But at the end of the beginning, it says explicitly, Eishas Machlein. You ready for this? I never saw this before. 
says Achsam Soifer, I saw in the Sefer Simchas Haregel. Who wrote Simchas Haregel? Take a guess. If I'm asking, who wrote the Simchas Haregel? What? Who wrote the Simchas Haregel? Chida, yeah. Chida wrote the Simchas Haregel. And the Chida says, yeah. What happened was that Rus was married to Kilyain. Rus was married to Kilyain, like it says in the beginning of the Megillah. But she didn't have kids. So Machlon did Yibam to her. So it ends up Rus was married to two guys. First she knocked off Kilyain, then she knocked off Machlon. Some Sofer says, why did Boyaz marry her? Because Boyaz was doing Yibam. And, and if you do a mitzvah, you don't have to worry about the woman being what we call a katlanas. Turned out, she was a bona fide katlanas. Because she knocked off the third guy that night. He, dro- he died right after. So, so she married Kilion. Like in the beginning of the Megillah, it says, Machlein, Kilion, Arpa Rus. So Rus was married to Kilion, but then Kilion died. Even though that doesn't fit in so well because it says, Vayimusu Gamshnei, Machlein, Vilkilion. So it's a little bit out of order. But something's got to give over here. No, but then who did Machlein? No, but Machlein that right? So the Chsam Soifer says that actually Rusar had already done Yibum to Machlein. So we got a lot of Yibam going on in the creation of David HaMelech. You have Yudan Tamar. You have Aaron Oinon. You have Rus and Boyaz. You have Rus, Rus and Machlein. In Megillus Rus, in the end, it says that the item they used to make an exchange on the field of Machlein Kilin was a shoe. They used a shoe to make a Kenyan. And this was like Jewish tradition. Right? I mean, whenever you want to make a, a Kenyan, no? Don't you always take off your shoe, change your shoe? There's an amazing Malbum. The Malbum takes us to the next level. What is the primary difference between man and animal? You say, what do you mean? Animal could, um, can't talk, man could talk. Malam says, not true. There are birds that could talk. Man has das. Animals don't have das. Not true, says Malam. There are animals that have das. Some animals are smarter than a lot of people I know. The Gemara tells us in Masechta Shabbos that if you ride on a horse, you're a king. If you wear shoes, you're a man. What's this all about? Says the Malbim, what is the primary difference between man and animal? It's not that a man could talk, animals could talk. It's not that a man has das, animals have das. The main, the primary difference between man and animal is that an animal acts instinctively. An animal, yes, he could have das, but whatever he's compelled to do what, it, what he does, he cannot choose. If an animal has an instinct to do something, he can't choose, you know what? I'm hungry, and I really want to eat this guy. But it's not really the right thing to do. There's no free choice for an animal. There's no Bechira. The animal has no Ratzon. It cannot act based on Ratzon. It can only act based on impulse. 
But man has the ability. I'm hungry, I want to eat it, but I'm not allowed to, so I'm going to overcome my instinct. I want to do this sin. It looks pleasurable, but I know it's wrong. I know somebody's watching me. I know it has bad repercussions. I'm not going to. I'm angry. I want to bite the guy's head off, but I can't lose my temper, so I'm going to keep my cool. A person could act not based on impulse, but based on Ratzain. So the crowning element of man is his ability to do what he wants, not what he is, not what his impulse leads him to. Free choice is the difference between man and animal. A shoe is made out of leather. Wearing shoes indicates that you're above the animal. And in what way is man superior to an animal? Free choice. So your shoe represents your free choice. Okay, you got it? The shoe is the animal. The shoe is made out of an animal. Stepping on it, walking on it means I'm superior to an animal. In what way am I superior to an animal? That even though I don't want to do something, I could choose to do it anyway. Even though I want to do something, I could choose not to do it. Now, the biggest favor you could do to your bro is if the brother dies without children, you could give him a body. So we say, Rushimain, Ruvain died, bail him out. His soul is tormented. He didn't have children. So um, Shimon says, I don't want to. Why not, Shimon? She's a nice girl. She's five foot eight. She's too tall for me. I don't, I, I don't like that. She's, she's three feet tall. She's too short. She's, uh, I don't like, I don't like a, X, Y, and Z. So, so, okay, we understand. You're very particular. But it's not like you're not a bacher right now who's you know, choosing what you want. This is, this is, this is the, what's available. You've got to bail your brother out. His soul is in the, in the lady. You've got to give a... I don't want to. Get over your little idiosyncrasy. Get over your, your hakpada and do the right thing. I can't do the right thing. I can't. It's just that thing, that, that little dot uh, that bothers me so much that even though I want to do the right thing, I can't utilize my free choice to overcome my pettiness. So, so take off your shoe. Take off your shoe. Your superiority over the animals because you have the ability to transcend your animal instinct. You have the ability to do what you want, not what you're compelled to do. That's the concept of Yibam. And that's why they made a Kenyan with a shoe. Why? Because your shoe is your honor. So you want to say, look, I honor my word. Here's my shoe. I give you my most honorable possession. Not money, but my identity, my essence, my ability to choose. What? No, so we're saying that it's really not the... We're saying it's, it's like derogatory. It's, look, it's frowned upon. In the ideal world, you should try to do Yibam. And if you don't, we label you base chalat... You're the man, you're the house who couldn't give a shoe. Says Rabbi Reisman, he was studying Miguel's Rus, and a friend of his uh, lent him a commentary on Rus, Ravidal Hatsarfasi, who's a Moroccan gadol. 
not a French gadol. If you want to learn about French gadolim, you can come on our trip in the summer. <laughs> but he answers the question of how David could have come from Kalev if David came from Ram, Kalev's brother. Ready for this? What happened was, one of them married Miriam and died without children. So let's say, Kalev may have married Miriam, he died without children, and Ram married Miriam, the wife of Kalev. So now Kalev, when Ram produced Aminadav, Aminadav is Kalev. And therefore David came from Kalev. Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Really, Kalev produced Aminadav, but we call Aminadav Bas Ram, because Kalev did Yibam. In other words, there's another Yibam situation that's unreported that we figure out and surmise from the fact that the Gemara says David came from Kalev, even though he came from his brother Ram. So the creation of the Malchus based David is, you know, Yibum after Yibum after Yibum after Yibum after Yibum. It's really amazing. Okay, we're going to come back to that. The Malbum says, why is it that when uh, Bayaz married Rus, it says, nefesh. This marriage will restore a soul. What's that talking about? It means through the Yibams can restore the soul of Machlein another time. And it says, Vatikach Nami Esayeled. Nami took the child, she put the child in her lap. Nami nursed the child. Does that usually happen? The grandmother nurses the child? In some communities it happens. But it's not a typical thing. You know, it's not a typical thing. What's the pshat over here? The answer is because the Pasuk says, Yulad ben lenami. This is machloin. This is not the child of Boyaz and Rus. Comes the Sefer Masar Ekech. Masar Ekech is a commentary on Mishnayis of Pikabola of Reb Lezer of Amsterdam. And he wants to know why did Rebbe begin Seder Noshim with Yivamais? Why does he start Chamesh Esrei Noshim? Why Yivamais plural? Why, why plural? Who, com- who redacted the Mishnah? Rebbe. Who did Rebbe come from? David. Rebbe does a lot of things in Shas to honor David HaMelech. There are many, many things in Gemaras that Rebbe did things to honor David. You know what one of them was? Starting Seder Nashim with Yivamas. He's saying, where do we come from? We come from not just one Yibam. The Masrekech says, Yivamais, a lot of very important Yivamais, namely Rus and Tamar. Now, he says something amazing. Yud, let's look at the word Yivamais. Yud, Yehuda. Bez, Bayaz. Mem, Vav. Mem is the middle letter of Tamar. Vav is the middle letter of Rus. Taf is the first letter of Tamar and the last letter of Rus. Why are there 16 Prakim in Yivamais? Yehuda, Vitamar, Boyaz, Verus, 16 letters. 
Why did Rebbe start the Masechta Chamesh Esrei Noshim? Because it's Gematria 1324, which is Gematria of Besoid Tamar Veros. But I would just humbly add, Yevama is plural because Tamar and Rus are not the only Yevama is involved in the creation of David HaMelech. You have Machloin and Rus, and you have, like we mentioned, Kalev and Ram. So the entire creation of David is through the mitzvah of Yibam. And the mitzvah of Yibam is the greatest act of chesed because it's uh, the chesed shalemes. For the woman to go through nine months of labor and to come out with a kid that's not her kid, that's why Oinon said, what do I do it for? I'm going to produce a kid, I'm going to pay for the kid's tuition, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn with the kid, and it's not my kid, it's my brother's kid, it's my brother. I like my brother, but it's, you know, I can't, not, not that much. I want to share with you one additional thought. David HaMelech will, is the Mashiach. He's going to build the Beis HaMikdash. Rav Chaim Falaji writes, What is our relationship with God? God is our husband, so to speak. But then in Eicha we read, We're like a widow. So we're like a widow? Did God divorce us? No. We're like a woman whose husband went overseas and he's coming back. Rabbi Chaim Falaji says, actually our exact relationship to God is, we're not really married to Him yet. We're zakuk to Him. He's connected to us. He's tied to us. We can't go anywhere and He can't go anywhere. But He didn't seal the deal yet. What is God's relationship to us? He's our Yavam, and we're the Yavama. And what then would you call the Gula Hasida? Yibam. That's what Chaim Falaji writes. Beis HaMikdash, he says in Nefesh Chaim, Binyin habayis to la'asid lavai, hu b'makayim Yibam. So is it any wonder then, that the one who will bring this Yibam to fruition, came into the world, through so many different episodes of Yibam, starting with Yehuda and Tamar, and Machloin and Rus, and Boyaz and Rus, and Ram and Kalev. It's interesting that David, who is going to usher in the era of Mashiach, which is likened to Yibam, came into the world through so many episodes of Yibam. So this is a, a Masechta that many are involved in now, in Daf Yoimi, in Daf HaShavua, this is a, a very important theme in Megillas Rus. And again, there are two very significant ideas in the removal of the shoe. The purpose of Yivam is to provide the proverbial shoe, to provide a body for the deceased. And the shoe represents man's superiority to an animal, which is free choice. And if somebody can't overcome their pettiness, so we say, take off your shoe, meaning you, don't, you have not yet exercised and demonstrated your super, superiority over an animal. If it's, then, if it's so chashev, why did we stop it? So that's a very good question. You know, if yibum is the ideal, and by doing yibum you provide the shoe, so why don't we do it? So apparently, uh, the Gemara says that in order to do it, you have to do it l'shem shamayim. Because such an altruistic act, it would be sullied if you do it for ulterior motives. 
But there might be an idea that, you know, uh, we say that nowadays we're all recycled souls. We're, we're not... So may, maybe many of the tikkunim that needed to have been done, they've been accomplished already. So whatever... Yibum is no longer maybe... It's not needed as much. But that's, that's above my pay grade. But Marv uh, Rabbi wish everybody Chakosh Sameach, Agut Yamtiv, thanks everyone for coming. Good to see you back. Next week, Shir may be Tuesday night. Okay? Call to everyone. And Azriel wrote the Shir up. Very, very good. Shkoyach. Azriel is going to be sending it to me right now. That I can't announce publicly. Okay? Okay. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.